Woodstock was still two months away, and the trial of the Chicago 7 had yet to begin when this little British band called The Who released Tommy in May of 1969. Composed by guitarist Pete Townsend as a rock opera, the ambitiously conceived double album told the tale of a boy so traumatized by seeing his father shoot his mother's lover that he goes mute and loses his senses of sight and hearing. Tommy Walker remains isolated within a multi-layered dysfunctional family until he demonstrates this, the ability to play pinball and the world rushes in. Two-time Tony Award-winning director Des McEnough is here. Des, this production, spectacular. The, the worst review says spectacular. And I want to I <laughs> use these adjectives. Whammo. Flip out, Biff. Do you know where those come from? No, that, I, I wouldn't have either. I looked them up. Uh, those are pinball expressions, right? Oh, oh yes, absolutely right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Whammo, yeah, being, being a classic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. So, so I want to start here uh, because I could start just anywhere. I don't know where to start. This is so exciting. So. I will start with you walking out on stage opening night and explaining why. Hey, I'm here. Pete Townsend isn't. You said why he wasn't. So I want to know how Pete Townsend is, first of all. Well, he's he's doing very well. Uh, he's out of the bubble uh, with his wife, Rachel. And uh, right now they are getting ready to play and uh, start their U.K. tour in Hull uh, in the north. And so uh, he's doing great. I just literally got a message from him uh, 15 minutes ago. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's excelling, and he is going to come to Chicago. Oh, give so, me, uh, can you give us the, the date, the, the time, all I, that? I don't, know, I don't know the dates, but, but he is definitely coming. I, I know uh, he's told me he's planning the trip, so there's no question he's going to be there. And I asked about how he's doing because he, he had COVID, you explained to the crowd. And <laughs> yeah, his wife tested positive uh, for COVID. They, they, the flight, the 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 uh, the flight on British Air from you know Heathrow to <clears throat> Chicago was canceled outright, and it was a full flight. <clears throat> they didn't even try to get new equipment. And uh, in the meantime, they they had missed that, and and Rachel tested, uh, did a COVID test, and it turned out to be positive. So because of that, they both had to uh, quarantine. Mm -hmm. And if he made the flight, they wouldn't have been able to come to the show. So that would have been really heartbreaking. So in a way, this is perhaps better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Now, you've won two Tony Awards in 1985 for Big River and again for the show Mm -hmm. Tommy, the Who's Tommy, in 1993. This is the 30th anniversary. You decided to restage it. But I want to go back in time. Uh, How did you... How did you meet Pete Townsend in the first place and decide, well, this ought to be on stage? You know, I, I the, the sort of deep background, and I'll, I'll try to be succinct. Uh, there was a review in the L.A. Times uh, by Dan Sullivan, who just passed away recently, and uh, critic there. And he basically had seen the Who play at the Universal Amphitheater. And said, this is the greatest, you know, rock musical of all time. The only problem is we could never do it on stage. 
uh, with the same impact, you know, as the Who. And I, my assistant was reading this to me. I was at La Jolla Playhouse, and I, I basically said, rather perhaps smugly, oh, yes, they could, uh, realizing that our theater would be able to do just that and to give it a really, you know, exciting, ex- exhilarating production and make it levitate. So two years later, uh, my partner in New York, Michael David, of Dodger Theater visits me uh, in California, very unusual, and takes the trip out just so he can meet with me and says, how would you like to do Tommy? And without any hesitation, I said, yes, please. And I went then to, um, to London, met with Pete. Uh, we sat at a big board table with a lot of business people. And I kind of knew after 10 minutes of just whispering to each other that this was on. I had then a day and a half to just listen to all the recordings, and we met at the Portobello Hotel uh, lobby. Nobody else was there, strangely enough. Nobody else came in the whole time we were meeting. It was supposed to be a one-hour meeting, and four hours later we were still talking. So that's how it was born. What is Pete Townsend like? Just between us. No one no one will know. Just you and me. Uh, you know, he's he's an amazing man. If you think back on the fact that he wrote this when he was just 22, much of it, it came out when he was 23, I think that gives you some idea of the depth of the imagination. But he's also, um, he's also just a, a, a wonderful man, and we've become very close friends. Over the years, we spent an enormous amount of time together uh, figuring this all out, and uh, and and so when you spend, it's like kind of like being in it's it's being in the trenches without all of the bombs exploding. Uh, so you know, it, it's still very intense. Uh, so I would describe him. He's as a, a fiercely loyal artist. He's a very good collaborator. He's a brilliant raconteur. Uh, I would say he's uh, an intellectual. He has a spiritual side. I, I remember we both had small children when we started this project, and uh, they're both, you know, in their early 30s now. And I remember my, my daughter was at that age where she would assign labor to certain people. It was time to have her shoes tied because Pete and uh, her mom and I were going out to uh, a restaurant to eat. Pete was there working with me, and we were going out for dinner. And it was time for, to tie her shoes, and she was too little. She was only a year and a half to tie her shoes. And so she said, Pete, do it, because normally it would be Daddy, do it, or uh-huh. Mommy, do it. And before I could intervene, there was Pete doing up my daughter's shoes. And I thought, well, this is this is very cool. This guy does windmills for you know, 30,000 people, and there was no hesitation there. And I thought, this isn't just going to be a friend, it's going to be family. And it kind of was that way, or has been that way. The revival, I suppose we can call it, at the Goodman Theater right now of Tommy. It has an end run, friends. I mean, really, uh, if you're thinking at all about it, don't put it off, because the show's going to go to New York. Is that is that right? That's what I've read. You know, I, this is uh, uh, from your lips to God's ears. I, I, I think there's uh, a lot of conversations going on right now. And, you know, the, the commercial theater, as you know, is going through a, a bumpy patch. It's hit turbulence coming out of COVID. 
Uh, I think it would be great if it came to New York. Uh, it will go on somewhere for sure, but it's only going to be in Chicago through the first week of August. And and you're quite right. Tickets are just flying off the shelf. Um, and it is a revival, although I've always been squeamish about that word because it, it reminds me of somebody, you know, a, a, a patient on, on their backs getting their, their hearts, you know, uh, supercharged and so revival. So I don't know what, what to call it, but... It's it's a brand new production. It's we we really, uh, it, you know, top to bottom. It's 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 new, and so uh, it, it it is very exciting. Well, I want to talk about some of the excitement of Tommy, and uh, we will do that, including what the story is really about. We will hear from the <laughs> director, who ought to know. Des McEnough is here on WGN. Now, listen to this. And if I read all of them, it's like sit back for an hour and a half. I, I will rattle off some. Big River, Walk in the Woods, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, Dracula, blah, 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 the musical, probably without the blah, 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 uh, Jersey Boys, <laughs> Guys and Dolls, that was a revival, uh, Macbeth, Funny mm-hmm. Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, uh, then... Uh, it, I'm looking for the Temptation show, the Summer uh, Donna Summer Musical, and wasn't there the Temptation show? I don't see that in this list. Yeah, it's called Ain't Too Proud. Yeah, yeah, Too so, Proud, which is on in London right now. Yeah, all of those shows, and as I say, many more. I don't even know how you'd ever find time to revive, if that is the right word, Tommy. Why did you decide to do this? Is it that you're that much of a fan of pinball? You know, first of all, just the pinball thing is interesting. You know, it's the last element he added. He'd written the whole thing. It was very much about the spiritual journey that Tommy goes on. And they thought it was too lofty and uh, a little effete uh, without something to ground it. And so pinball was, in fact, the last thing added. And Pinball Wizard was one of the last songs written. Really? Uh, probably the most famous song, yeah. So it's interesting the way these things, um, you know, uh, kind of evolve. And so what happened was, uh, we, you know, we keep in constant touch. I, I ran Stratford, Canada, and while the musicals always get most of the credits, you know, I've, I've probably done as much, um, uh, you know, Shakespeare and, you know, classical theater and as I have uh, musicals. So I was up there for several years. I worked a lot with the great actor Christopher Plummer. We did The Tempest and Caesar and Cleopatra. And I also did Tommy. Uh, I, I wanted to, to do that kind of for the audiences there, and I wanted to get back to it. But it was fairly, you know, it wasn't faithful to the original, but it was some of the same designers, and it was um, uh, a lot of the animation, the, uh, the uh, visual effects were, were modern, but and animated, uh, but, you know, I, I felt like it was time to rethink it, and that was just sort of rattling around in my brain, and then Pete came to visit me and said, let's go back, you know, because we wrote the book together on this, and he said, let's base a screenplay on our version of the story, rather than, you know, Ken Russell did, you know, was very much his own man, and he did his version uh, but but Pete felt like it was time perhaps to do this as a film. So we did a screenplay, and during the those conversations, 
um, it became clear that it was time to do it again on stage. And that's how this was born. Do you think... So we had a discussion. I'm talking about me and my wife after seeing the show. And we thought... And I've seen the other version, if you will, of Tommy, or another version, years ago. Sure. But but mm-hmm. today, I look at it differently. And I almost don't want to tell you what I'm about to tell you, but I will, because on the radio, you don't say, I, I, I won't, you know, that's not fair to listeners, so I'll tell you. Uh, I thought sure. that maybe, Tommy, and I never thought this before, because I don't know that we would have thought about this decades ago, but... Could it be that Tommy was on the spectrum? I don't think so. No, to be honest with you, to be straight with you. Well, you he, ought to know. He, is, he, he suffers from, well, he's a fictional character, so you can read anything you want into it, really. And he is, he is a child that suffers from trauma. And, uh, and it, it is probably more than a, a, a single cause. Um, you know, uh, now people that suffer from trauma, uh, 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 people that are autistic or on the spectrum, um, actually can, of course, be traumatized. Anyone can be traumatized. Sure. But we try to make it clear that Tommy is, and I don't like this word very much, but more or less a normal child. You know, when you when when autism is your life, it's, it's a behavioral condition that's there from the beginning. It doesn't necessarily always show up right away, but it, it is with you the whole time. He has three things happen. You know, his father returns apparently from the dead. He's been uh, missing in action. So when you're four years old and your dead father walks in the room, that's that's a ghost. If you've ever done theater for young audiences, you know, a four-year-old thinks a witch is a witch. You know, it's not somebody playing a witch. That's a witch. Mm-hmm. So that happens. And then there's a fight, and his the, the guy who's becoming his father is shot, is killed before his eyes. And then his parents, following that, say, you didn't hear it, you didn't see it, you won't say nothing to no one ever in your life. And basically, in a sense, prophesy the the condition that he's going to live with for years. So he retreats into himself and uh, shuts down all his senses, shuts down existence as we know it. And so it, it's different than uh, a, 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 a someone who's, who's, uh, who has autism. But the other thing that comes to mind, and uh, this, this part, and I understand your point, uh, but what's one of the many things great about the show, aside from the music, clearly, and the voices that perform that music, is the interpretation. Because I can be sitting next to someone in the theater who can interpret it one way, and then the person next to them another way, and then on and on and on. Sure. Uh, although you describe it very, very well. But I also saw uh, what we would call today bullying. And again, the perception yeah, is, definitely. yeah, the perception is different today, isn't it? I think so. You know, I think our perception of trauma itself yeah. is different, and, and certainly we're much more uh, educated about trauma and about uh, autism, too, by the way. Uh, absolutely. And, and I think child abuse and bullying are much more on our minds today than 30 years ago. Uh, and Tommy, I think, goes through entrapment of various kinds. Uh, he, uh, you know, he, he, he definitely 
disappears into this, you know, mystical world. Uh, and, you know, for those interested in such things, like I, in South America, they might describe this genre as magic realism, where he sees his own reality and hears his own reality in the music, different from what everyone else is hearing. But to me, the most one of the most things that uh, the one of the things that makes the piece particularly contemporary is that it's not until the very end, when he frees himself of his followers, that he finally frees himself from them that he's truly free. He becomes this kind of mythic guru, you know, whether he's a rock star or a political leader, and and I think realizes that he runs the danger of leading his followers off the edge of a cliff. They're looking to him for answers that he doesn't have. And it's only at that point when I think he really gains freedom himself. And Mm. I think that makes it a really contemporary story. I think there are too many people, you know, looking to, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the all-knowing for, for, for wisdom uh, when, in fact, we need to find it within ourselves. And I think that's his ultimate realization. Yeah, I mean, what you just said is fascinating because we look for celebrities for that, right? Uh, we suspect, right. yeah, that the, these celebrities are going to be the all-knowing, that have answers to everything. We don't consider that the celebrities are going to tie a young child's shoelaces necessarily, but instead have all the answers <laughs> to everything. And, of course, no one has all the answers just because they are a, quote, celebrity. Uh, what a pleasure and to talk— what makes, I think, Tom, so, so different and so interesting— is that he realizes that. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's very rare that a leader kind of realizes the folly or the potential folly of leadership. And that's what makes him, I think, kind of remarkably humane and, and uh, worth falling in love with, Tommy Walker. Well, we have to leave it there, unfortunately. Well, we kind of don't. You can go see the show yourself. It's at the Goodman Theater. And, man, if there's a must-see uh, this is this is it. Uh, Jefferson Awards, that's the Chicago version of the Tony. I can't imagine not. I'm shocked to hear that it's possible you won't even go to New York. I mean, how can this not be on Broadway? Des, uh, an amazing production. Congratulations. And uh, I hope to talk to Pete Townsend when he comes to town. That would be cool. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much.